grizzly bears, tutus, and seesaws. Is this really a pickleball podcast? I'm here today with Keith Valentine of the Pickleball Pirates, and we discuss all of those things, plus how to neutralize bangers. Let's get to the intro to hear from Keith. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Keith Valentine. How are you doing today, Keith? I'm doing great, Lynn. How are you doing? I am doing good here. It is uh, beautiful weather here in Connecticut. This is the best time of the year to play pickleball, so I am very excited. How are things in your neck of the woods? Well, I live in Orlando, Florida, so it is uh, quite hot actually here today. So <laughs> down south, we don't get much of the the mild weather. It's usually hot and muggy. Yeah, I was actually just in Cocoa Beach a couple weeks ago, and I don't actually mind the hot and mud, muggy weather. <laughs> Anyways, I do like to normally start out the podcast with a little bit about your background in terms of when you started playing pickleball, how long ago that was, and how you found out about the game. Yeah, sure. Well, I there's some local courts here called Veterans Park, and there was four tennis courts. And a buddy of mine and I would go out there and play tennis a couple nights a week, a couple days a week. And then they took two of the courts away and they started putting this pickleball stuff up. And my first exposure to it was a bunch of old people playing. I'm watching them play. I'm like, okay, that's not a, a game for me. And right about that time, I had my fourth knee surgery. I had a partial knee reconstruction. I have a history of uh, sports and semi-pro football, and I have damaged my ACL pretty bad. And so I had a partial knee replacement and tennis kind of became not an option anymore. It just, my body couldn't sustain the pressure. And I was like, well, I, I got a gift certificate to Walmart and I bought a little hundred dollar set for my driveway and got out there with my, in my driveway with the little wood paddles and started banging the ball around and my kids liked it and I liked it. And uh, uh, that's how kind of the addiction started, just playing in the driveway. And uh, first time I took the kids up to the courts, uh, the ambassador in this area, Dave Vanderweide, very active ambassador in our area. First time I was out there with my family, came out, invited me to their Tuesday, Thursday nights, which was the beginner nights. And that's how I started playing and just getting out there Tuesday, Thursdays, and eventually worked my way up to the Monday, Wednesday of the advanced group. And now I'm doing what I'm doing now. Okay. What is it that you're doing now? Well, I mean, we play tournament five O's. We do a lot of high level pickleball here, obviously doing lessons. I'm sponsored by Selkirk and it's just become a little, a lot of fun. It's really fun to have a hobby that's turning into a, a potential future career or potential money source with the content and the stuff we're delivering and influencing the market in pickleball. So it's a lot of fun. Now, the name of your group is the Pickleball Pirates. What exactly do you offer? <laughs> well, so it's just actually an avatar I came up with. I, I don't like playing in hats and I you know end up wearing a bandana on my head. And, and I was just making fun of myself because I have earrings and a little chin hair. And I, I said, I look like a pirate. And I just kind of came up with this Pickleball Pirates character. And because I look like a pirate and I start, I like making fun of myself. And uh, so it just kind of started there. I started recording my games because I wanted to get better. I wanted to watch, do some film study, see what I could do to improve and even have other people look at it and see what they saw. <clears throat> Guys that I was working with to help get better. And 
so people started asking me, hey, can I watch the film? Can I watch the film? I was like, sure. So I just started posting it on my YouTube channel. And then I started getting a bunch of subscribers. Like people just wanted to watch the games and wanted to watch it. And so then I, I met Joey and I brought Joey on board and said, hey, do you want to you know, create content for this pickleball channel? And Joey's just done a phenomenal job for us. He's the face of the franchise and um, just really a, a fun, loving guy that people just really connect with online. And he, he puts a lot of work in. He got certified and to, to teach all this stuff and likes to laugh at himself, like to make fun. And we just wanted to do something different online and not make it just dry, boring instructional. We want to make it where people enjoy the content. I have to admit, now I've watched quite a few of Joey's videos and he is great on camera, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's really got it. And so we keep us sloughs off to the side and we, we let Joey be the face. And um, Mark, our other partner is the kind of the data analyst on the out, you know, back, back side of he's our content filter. He like uh, he makes us reshoot videos if they're not up to the, the quality we want to maintain and make sure as our, our search engine optimization is done so people can see that we have content out there. And it looks like pretty much all the content is on that YouTube channel, or are there other places people can access it? Well, we have a Facebook. So we're at Pickleball Pirates on Facebook. We do have an Instagram at the Pickleball Pirates there. And same place, we do have a merch store as well that are all in the bottom of any of our videos that you watch. Okay, cool. Now, one of the things that you had mentioned earlier, too, was that this came about through your film study what did you learn about your game through your film study and you know how you've put that into practice? Well, I think a lot of people, so I come from a, a heavy sports background and I've never participated in any sports at any level that you want to be good at that you don't do film study. And uh, you look for mistakes you're making. You look for you know the form you're using when you're hitting certain shots. Like for example, I had this one shot that I thought I was hitting this forehand drive that I was just blistering the ball. And uh, I went and watched it on film and I looked like a grizzly bear dancing in a tutu and had a face that I looked like I smelled a fart. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, that just doesn't even look rhythmic. It looked horrible. And so what it shows you is your form, where you're standing, how you're trying to hit the ball. And it's just, I think it's uh, 101 to get better is to see what you look like. That is a, a great description. And I was laughing heartily off uh, off the <laughs> mic as you uh, described the big old grizzly bear. Now, in terms of the analysis, you you I think that's a great example. You're talking about improving your form, but what were some of the strategic things that you saw in your game as you did your analysis that you found you needed to change? Well, so a little bit more about my pickleball journey. So when I first started, I was a banger, right? I think a lot of people come into this sport and they just realize, hey, you can rip the ball. And if you're playing against older people and you're a younger person, you can have a lot of success that way. So I think I wasted the first two years of my pickleball journey by not learning pickleball shots. I didn't know how to dink. I didn't know what a third shot was. I didn't see a whole lot of people doing it where I was playing. So I, I didn't even know the proper shots to hit. And so film study doesn't help you if you don't really know what to look for. And so I, I would always have someone look with me that it was a, a teacher or somebody that had been playing a while or a tennis person, because I wasn't a native tennis person either. I was self-taught. And so when I started watching myself, I realized that I had a lot of just flaws in my footwork. I still am working on footwork where I overrun things or I'm not in the proper position to make a hit. But 
it's all a training that you have to go through. So for two years, I wasted. Then about three years ago, I started with one of the guys that teaches me, Doug Madey over here in Winter Garden. And uh, we started learning third shots. We started learning dinks. It was like, I want to learn all the shots of pickleball. So we came up with these little games to play that we would hit every shot in pickleball. And, and I just did thousands and thousands of shots. And I have a, a very regimented routine. I'm up at 5 a.m. I'm at the gym by 5.30. I'm at the courts by 6.30. I'm home by 8.30 getting ready for work in my first meeting at nine. And that's four days a week I do that. Wow. And it sounds like you are very committed. You have your routine. Are you playing in a lot of tournaments? Because I know you said you're playing at the 5.0 level, which people consider the professional level. Well, I, I would not call it the professional level yet. I'm not, I, I do not want to ever say that yet until I, it's real. But on the duper rating, I'm a 496. I've played probably 20 tournaments. Recently, a uh, partner and I, 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 I just was rated 4-5 on the pickleball tournament. So we played in the 4-5, 19 plus mm -hmm. at the US Open and we took silver there. So that's the one. And then in the PPA Riverland, we played in the the 5-0 open 19 plus, and we were scheduled to win it. I mean, we were going into the finals, but it got rained out. So it, it didn't officially count, but it felt like a win, right? I just want to take a second and break in here and thank Club Pickleball for sponsoring this episode. When I first saw Club Pickleball's paddle selection, I thought, wow, these are some of the best designs I have ever seen. The color and the patterns are amazing. And the edge guard even coordinates with the graphite paddle face. What's better is you can create your own custom paddle designs. So go to playpickleball.club and get 20% off everything through the end of July. Right, right. You mentioned earlier, too, that you were a banger for a couple years. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about from mm -hmm. An instructional viewpoint because Joey does most of the videos, but I, I caught you on camera on one of them, Keith, and it was about neutralizing bangers. And I think people really do struggle with that, especially if they're like a 3-0, a 3-5, yes. and there's so much banging. Now, one of the things that you mentioned, and I had never heard this, and I've talked to a number of people about bangers on the podcast, but one of the things you mentioned that I thought was so interesting was to hit a lob serve. So first of all, kind of describe what is a lob serve in pickleball? <laughs> Why is it effective against a banger? So one of the things about bangers, especially people that like really have hard drives from the baseline is the more power you give them, the more power is coming back at you. And so the way you neutralize bangers is you don't give them anything to work with. You make them have to take a swing at everything. And so when I play against bangers, I try to take the air out of everything. And and what I mean by taking the air out of it is I'm hitting it soft enough that when it's landing to them, it's no force really trying to move towards them. They're having to create all the force themselves. So what a lob serve does is I'm serving 20, you know, 15, 20 feet in the air and the ball is bouncing towards the baseline and it's bouncing up above their shoulder. So it, there's no position for them to drive the ball because it's not near their hips. And what happens is that they just have to try and get a deep return back to us. So if they fail to get a deep return back to us, then now I can step into the court and drive my next shot and drive my third. If they drive it deep enough, it's coming soft enough to me that I can then dink it and I'm in the kitchen. I do a nice third shot. I'm in the kitchen and we're playing the soft game. 
because what, what I want to do with bangers is I want to get them in the kitchen and I want to keep the ball low and frustrate them and get them to try to attack something they shouldn't or give them nothing to work with. And, and then they mess up. Now I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I, I'm thinking that a lot of players who come into pickleball do have that tennis background. Mm. And so they are actually used to hitting the ball at a fairly high point. Mm. Yeah. The problem with pickleball though, is that you don't have the strings. So the top spin that you can generate from a high position with an upward, you have to hit with an upward stroke. Right. So the, the power really comes in the, where the hip area for guys that really can generate a lot of power. They'll be able to hit it from anywhere. The, the guys that can truly hit it. But what we've found, what I found personally is that when I give them a high lob serve, it's coming so soft that some of them even hit it out of bounds because they just don't even know how to return the shot the right way. All right. Yeah, that that is a definitely a fair point. As you spoke a little bit on this and you're talking about don't give them anything basically high or hard. How do you really keep it away from them and, and also not do that? Well, and this is something that I am still working on. This is where I think the tennis people have an, such an advantage. I mean, if you look at the game nowadays, we've got these guys that are D1 tennis players, not even at the pro level. They're stepping into pickleball tournaments and getting on, on the stand for singles. Right. They're coming right in and being able to pick up singles. Doubles is taking them a little bit longer to pick up. But the one thing that they can pick up is touch. And what I realize is that I overgripped the ball a lot, the paddle a lot. And by overgripping, you can't really neutralize a banger because if I'm holding onto the paddle really hard, the ball's going to bounce off just as hard as they're hitting it at me. And so if I want to soften that up, I want to re receive that that pressure so it's not bouncing back too far. I have to lighten my grip. And by lightening my grip, what happens is now I've got a softer way to reset the ball. And so what you'll see, and you see the pros do this all the time, they get into a banging match and then one guy resets it. And all he's doing is changing his grip pressure to where the ball doesn't bounce off the paddle as hard. That is really good advice. And thank you, because that is a great reminder for me, because there's times when I play recreationally and people are like the three fives and the, and the four O's and I can handle that because they don't have as much pace. But when I play against like the four or five guys, I do find the ball is kind of popping up more because I haven't even loosened my grip more because they're actually hitting the ball harder to me. So thank mm -hmm. you. That that's a great reminder. All right. So, you know, there are going to definitely be situations where you're playing the banger, the ball gets too high how do you kind of counter punch that besides just hitting those soft shots? You know, if, you, if your partner's like it, dinking back and forth with them, but you know, at some point they're going to try and bang the ball. What do you do? Yeah. Well, we, we had a great teaching pro come here through Utah named Lowell. And he showed us just a couple angle things that were really a, a good reminder of where to put your paddle. And what it is, if you think about a seesaw, um, you think about a seesaw and you think about um, they're on one side of the seesaw, we're on the other, the net is the pivot point. So wherever the ball is, I, my paddle should be opposite of that. So if the ball is high, my paddle needs to be low. If the ball is low, my, ball, my paddle needs to be high because the angles that they have to hit have to cross the net. And so what you start learning as you get to the upper levels is how to defend on a higher shot. Well, I might have to back up a couple steps and get my paddle lower 
because they're going to be able to get on top of that ball and put some down pressure on it. Right. But whereas if they're below the net, if I back up now, I'm in trouble because the ball is going to come at me too high. So I have to react by getting my paddle up high on my side of the net. And so it's kind of a push and pull of where is the ball and how, where can I get safely? Cause you, the worst thing you can do is be moving when they hit. So you have to pick a place to stand and then wherever you're standing, you need to get your paddle in the ready position based on how high you hit that ball. Make sense? Absolutely. I love that seesaw analogy. And I think most people, when they think about paddle position, it's, it's kind of the, the classic, you might want to be a little bit on the 11 o'clock position, keep your paddle up out in front of you. But people don't often talk about the height of where your paddle should be based upon the situation. So that seesaw explanation is, is just wonderful. Well, thank you. Now, what other advice do you have for playing against bangers and trying to neutralize them? I think it's really the grip pressure. I, I mean, what I would say is that the best way you can do this is you get drills and you have a, a, a practice partner and you have that practice partner take swing after swing at you. And when they're doing that, you're going to practice on soft hands. And when I say soft hands is you, you can start with even just holding the paddle with two fingers, two fingers, and then three fingers, and then four fingers, and then five fingers, and learn how to hold the paddle softly. The baby bird method is the, the one that I kind of crack up the most is like, if you had a baby bird in your hands and you needed to hold it without crushing it, that's really what you want to think about. You're holding the paddle very lightly and you're only going to squeeze the paddle when you're wanting to put it away or put more power into it. So especially when you're resetting against bangers, you got to have a light grip to where the paddle is not going to fly out of your hands, but that you're going to absorb the shots from them and have a softer reset. Now, I like that idea. And I, I hadn't actually thought about that. So one way to help people with that grip pressure is initially when they're kind of learning to have maybe fewer fingers on the paddle so as to make get the idea of what it's like to hold the paddle with light pressure. Is, is that correct? Correct. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Keith, really great tips. And one of the things I just want to finish up a couple thing, couple questions. And and one of them is around the Pickleball Pirates and the YouTube channel, give people an idea of what types of videos are on there now. And then is there any change going forward in terms of what you might be doing or planning? Well, yeah, great. No, we Definitely instructional videos. We, we're trying to just obviously give a lot of content for people to watch high level games. Like we filter all our games and make sure that it's not a bad game that we're posting because we want people to see good quality pickleball points. We also try to do multiple levels so people can see what a, what does a 3-5 look like? What does a 4-5 look like? What does a 5-0 look like? What does a pro look like playing against non-pro players? And we do have some goofy things in the work works. I'm a, I'm a professionally trained actor and I do a lot of stupid things for my church and I've got some silly videos coming out. So we're, we're going to be branching out to further things, but I got a full-time job, five kids and a wife that actually likes me. So it's uh, time for some of this stuff is kind of scarce. <laughs> wow. Well, keep up the, the good work. And I just have to ask, how did you become a professionally trained actor? Well, uh, is uh, actually all through my church. I 
I've done advanced scene study in the Meisner method. I've been doing it for probably 30 plus years. I have a YouTube channel out there that's just some of my clips from the different church services that I've done. And it's just a hobby. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Now, which pickleball paddle do you use and why do you like it? I am a Selkirk fan through and through. I'm sponsored by Selkirk. It's a, it's a great organization, but I like touch. And Selkirks are known for their touch and uh, just the controls. Right now, I'm presently playing with the Maxima. I just got it today and it's the first time playing with it. But I'm part of their labs program too, to help them develop the new labs paddles and to give feedback there, which I love doing. I think these guys are really trying to do well, but it's a class organization. But the paddles themselves, the control I get with these, I feel like it's cheating, right? I feel like I can just put the ball wherever I want. But for people that like power, they've got their their amped versions have a little bit more power, but considered to like the engages of the world, they're not a very powerful paddle. So it really fits my game because I'm a touch and control guy. All right. So then if somebody wants to reach out to you and get in contact, where is the best place? So we have a email address. You can email the pickleball pirates at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook page. Just look up the pickleball pirates. And obviously on all of our uh, YouTube videos, we try to respond to all our comments and get people connected. And uh, we do have coupon codes for um, most of the major brands of paddles. So you, people can get 10% off and that always helps our channel out by uh, helping sell the product. So multiple ways there. Awesome. It was great having you on the pickleball fire podcast today, Keith, really some great tips, which I know the audience loves. So thank you again. Oh, thanks Lynn. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 